This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, John Siegley, joined by Shrell McMillan. We are sponsored, as always, by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Israel, unfortunately for this one, man, not not a happy night for Tar Hill fans. Unlike the last postgame podcast that we did, Carolina falls just short to Kansas, 72-69 in the national championship game. But I think it's been pretty telling overall from what I've seen. You just don't see like this on social media, for example. There's been very few Tar Hill fans that are just sitting here lamenting. And I think that's where I wanted to start the podcast. Obviously, everyone's sad that Carolina lost a, a title game. But, I mean, looking at the season as a whole, Sherelle, is there really a sense of sadness that you have at this point, man? Well, I think I understand the sense of sadness because opportunities to win national championships don't come often. And so when you have one, you hope that you can take advantage of it. Uh, but I think, I think in part – the reason there is um, not the level of angst that there maybe was in the past is because this wasn't a powerhouse Carolina team for the majority of the season. This wasn't a team that had uh, the expectations of a 2008 or a 2009 or a 2016 or 17 or even 18, um, you know, coming into the season. It was kind of a new coach, a new system, uh, some new players. How will they mesh? There's some talent, but yeah. uh, how will it co- all come together? So I think those were question marks. So there, there was never the pressure of they have to win a national championship. And then uh, they got so low at, at one point. Um, you know, it's hard to tell what the lowest mo- moment was, but there were a few that I think it removed all expectations. I'd sit here on a podcast uh, about a month and a half ago and said, UNC, you know, it doesn't matter if they win the next game. They won't do anything of consequence in March. I said that on the podcast. And um, I think, you know, the growth that they've shown is why a lot of fans are kind of like, yeah, this this is awful. You never want to lose national championships. But at the same time, you can be extremely proud of the way they played. Yeah, uh, You can be extremely proud of the way they fought back over and over and over um, in all these games, <clears throat> the way they took punches. Uh, and so I think that's why you kind of have a, a disappointed but proud fan base, uh, if, if I'm judging correctly on what people are saying and kind of the sentiment I see on, on the message boards and, and talking to people. Yeah, I think disappointed but proud is a really good way to, to sum it up. And I think if Caroline hadn't been up by 16 at one point, probably doesn't sting quite as bad. But I mean, credit to, to Kansas. It was it was an not the best played college basketball game I think I've ever seen. That's pretty fair fair to say. But in the second half, I mean, Kansas made enough shots and, you know, the Tar Heels just, just couldn't. It was a situation where Caleb Love has been the hero really in the big moments. And unfortunately tonight, 
just for whatever reason, ankle injury, running out of gas. He couldn't do it. And, you know, RJ Davis really stepped up as best he could. But I think overall, Sherelle, this was just a Carolina team that this was the one night for this entire NCAA tournament run that when in crunch time, the shots just didn't fall. And I think that's really about it. Yeah, they, they ran out of gas. I, I think um, that Kansas is a tough opponent. And I think defensively is where it really showed up. I mean, mm-hmm. even in the, the first half during that run, everything was really, really hard for UNC. And then in the second half, it's like they dialed up the pressure even more. Um, it, it really contained uh, Caleb Love. I mean, Abaji is a great defender. I think a lot of people fall in love with his threes, but he is an excellent defender. And he was on Caleb for most of the night. And, you know, Caleb had one of his uh, poorest shooting performances. I think he was five of 24 from the field. Uh, so that's part of it. When, when you limit Caleb, you know, it, it hurts North Carolina. And then RJ Davis, obviously, uh, same thing. Harris is a long defender, much taller than RJ Davis. And his, his sole job is to play defense. He's really not an, an offensive player whatsoever. I don't even know if he scored tonight. Um, so there's that. And then uh, obviously Armando Baycott wasn't 100%. I mean, it was clear. Mm-hmm. The kid is, you know, I shouldn't call him a kid. The man is out there battling as, as hard as <laughs> yeah. he can. Uh, but you could tell he just wasn't right. So between those three things and, and the the pressure that Kansas puts on you when you miss a shot, um, it, it all flows together. So you you get forced into a tough shot, which they're a decent rebounding team. And when they got the rebound, then they're flying up the court as fast as possible. Yeah. And, you know, that, that stretch where Carolina gave up the lead in the first know five or six minutes of the second half that's what it was it was just that their pressure was so good that it fueled their offense and um you know that's that's why they were a number one seed that's why they're national champions they have uh good players and and uh you know they they made a run an epic run in the second half to come back and win the game Uh, i think for unc fans again uh it you can kind of hurt in the moment because again it's it's the opportunity to win national championship but just think about those last five minutes of last five or six minutes of that game. So UNC takes the, you know, the biggest of punches uh, that Kansas can throw and is down six and finds a way to crawl back into the game. Caleb Love has a sprained ankle. Leaky Black is on the bench with four fouls. Puff Johnson is, you know, vomiting or or, or something on the court. Not sure exactly what what was going on with him. Brady Manick possibly, has a head injury after being knocked around a couple of times. And Armando Baycott is, is Gimby because he's, he's playing on an injured, severely injured uh, ankle. Uh, so you've got all that. So really your only starter who was at a hundred percent in the game uh, for most of the game was RJ Davis. And he hit the ground hard uh, a couple of times. Uh, and so played how many minutes th- this tournament? I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, an, an absurd amount, um, you know, and this was the first loss on, on one day's rest. Um, so I, I say all that to say, I know there are some portions of the fan base are not going to like what I'm about to say, but I, it's hard to be too upset. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's hard to be because, um, the, the issue with this team earlier in the season was energy, effort, and toughness. And now at the end of the season, they are defined by energy, effort, and toughness. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they literally were dragging themselves to the finish line, trying to find a way. And, you know, amazingly, they had a shot to tie it you know, at the end of the game in the last second. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to Hubert Davis, um, a lot of credit to his staff, but a lot of credit to Kansas too, because they took North Carolina out of what it wanted to do for the majority of the game, especially offensively. I mean, the numbers 
that's that's one of the poor shooting performances UNC's had this entire season. Um, it, I'm sure stats will come out, maybe even longer. It was a Virginia type uh, uh, shooting performance for for UNC. So um, yeah, I'm just again, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of going, but well, yeah. that's kind of where that's where I'm at. Is that it was just they didn't quite hit enough shots. This UNC team can't shoot five for 23 and have Baycott limited um, and win a game. And that's, that's, that's what happened. Well, honestly, if you, if you consider those, you would almost think that Carolina got blown out and instead it was well, a three point game. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, 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 that's still that, remarkable. Right. Right. If you look at, if you just go through the numbers, uh, Caleb Love, five of 24, RJ Davis, five of 17, Armando Baycott, three of 13. And then you have uh, Manic and Johnson at four of eight and five of nine. So anytime you have, let's, let's do some quick math. You have Love, Davis, and Baycott going uh, 13 of 54 from the field. You would assume Carolina lost by 20, 25, maybe even yeah. 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they played, they played some good defense as well and then just completely dominated the boards. Part of that was that they missed a lot of shots, but they had 55 rebounds as a team. Um, so that really kept them in it. Uh, but uh, you know, Kansas just just uh, a couple of plays here or there. You know, Remy Martin hits a couple of those corner threes. Those were huge. And that's it. Yeah. And, you know, UNC up up 69, 68. Uh, I think that's when Baycott had went out with another sprained ankle. And uh, UNC has a lead. McCormick misses a hook shot and they're just not able to box out. You have to mm-hmm. think if Armando Baycott is there, they probably grab that rebound. But McCormick puts it back in, scores, puts Kansas up one. Uh, gets it on the next possession, does the same thing, puts Kansas up three, and, and that's kind of – that's the margin. I think Baycott uh, so, was was in for that one, but it was kind of uh, – because he rebounded it over Manic maybe. I, I know that the play that, that you're talking about, and that's, you know, slim margins really. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, slim margins too on the other side where Harris steps out of bounds and, and they they have a chance to, uh, you know, to make a play to send it to overtime. And um, – yeah, I mean they've made plays over and over and over again this season. It just came up, you know, a, a couple short. Yeah, let me ask you about that that run in in the second half that Kansas made because we we discussed this a little bit before the the pod started. Do you think that uh, Huber Davis could have maybe called a timeout during that run? Because I was of the opinion, I mean, yeah, he could have, but honestly, the way Carolina was shooting tonight it's kind of one of those things where it maybe you plug the hole in the wall for an extra couple of seconds, but was there anything that you thought maybe coach Davis could have done differently to start off that, that second half that may have stemmed that, that tied a little bit that I think, I feel like most people knew it was coming at some point. Yeah. I mean, they, they actually did a good job. It was, it was 40 to 25. And then um, I think, you know, Kansas had cut it to maybe 10 then Carolina hit a three, got it back up to 12. So they had, they had kind of worked through it and then it was just the turnovers. You know, they, mm-hmm. they just had some uncharacteristic turnovers, um, some stuff that kind of crept in from maybe uh, earlier in the season in, in their freshman year uh, from the guards that uh, that happens when you're playing against really good defenders. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it could have helped I mean, He called one, I'm pretty sure calling another one i don't know because then you start losing the ones towards the end of the game to set things up so i mean it, it kind of had to play its course you would have liked to have seen a little more composure there and getting the ball to to baycott and, and getting the ball to manic i mean manic only had eight shots so you would have yeah. liked to see a, a little bit more composure there but in the end i mean you have to i think you have to give more credit to kansas 
than blame to UNC in this particular case because, yeah. um, you know, Carolina Sting is, you know, looking for a fight, you know, start the fight, finish the fight. Mm-hmm. And they looked for it. They started it. They almost had it finished. And then Kansas, you know, came in and started fighting too. And um, when you when you play the style that Kansas does, that's kind of, um, you know, they can make furious comebacks. It's what they, furious comebacks is what they've done this entire tournament. So I, I wouldn't put, I put some blame on UNC because, they did it seemed to lose their composure some, but at the same time you have to, you know, credit Kansas. Yeah. And I mean, the officials were, were letting him play. I mean, I thought that there were a lot of calls tonight on both ends that the officials could have called fouls on. They swallowed their, their whistles. And I mean, they let the, the players really go at it. The, the blocking car, uh, the blocking call against Manic, I think was big when Kansas during that run was a three point play. Cause at first mm-hmm. I thought, Brady had set his feet and then on the replay, his foot was on the line. I mean, again, something like that. If, if he's six inches ahead of the, of the charge circle, you know, that's a turnover rather than a three point play for, for Kansas. And Kansas played manic really well. I mean, they, they really did a good job. I think of running him off the spots that he wanted to, to shoot from. And that just took out a very key element of UNC's offense that they've relied on during this run. And I think, in the second half, basically the whole offense was Baycott coming to set a screen for RJ Davis and RJ would try to make something off of that ball screen. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And then during those few minutes when Caleb Love just could barely run, it was that, I think that that's where it was lost is it was just too much of RJ Davis trying to shoulder the entire offensive load and I mean that you're not going to win hardly any basketball games if that is what you're relying on in crunch time in a national championship game. Yeah. And, and again, I think part of that is, is Kansas's defense when, you know, Harris is on love, he's a much longer, you know, taller, excuse me, when he's on uh, RJ Davis, he's a taller, longer defender and Abaji kind of uh, made it really difficult, difficult for Caleb love. And so then you're, you're left with RJ Davis is really the only one, who can uh, create for himself. And it, it was just a struggle to shoot for UNC. I mean, that honestly is that simple. I mean, they are, they are a team that, that has to make a, a good amount of threes to win a game. And they were a minus three from three to a team who doesn't make a ton of threes, um, you know, regularly, uh, you know, 32% from the field, 22% from three. Um, it's just hard. And the other thing was Kansas is excellent at playing passing lanes. And one of the, uh, one of the, ratios or, or numbers that we always looked at was assists to made field goals and North Carolina had 23 made field goals in the game. They only had nine assists. Assist, yeah. So that shows you, yeah, that shows you that the ball wasn't moving. And I think a part of that was that Kansas wasn't going to let the ball move, but so much because of how much pressure they put on the guards. So yep. it, it was, it was tough, but again, you know, they, they had the ball down three with a chance to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, if you would ask in the beginning of the season, would you take North Carolina being down three with four seconds left in the national championship game with the ball with a chance to, to tie it? You'd say, yeah, for, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, to your point, I think the 15 point lead, uh, you know, maybe if it was eight, I I, mean, I'm not going to, yeah. I, I don't want to say the players got complacent because that's not really what it was. I think you just had to give credit to Kansas. They just came in and they kind of took it from them yeah. there in the second half. Well, but then you have to give equal credit to UNC because they never went away. It felt like they were going to get knocked out over and over again. It would get to four, and then we'd get to six, and then back to three, and then to four. And they always hung around, and they were up one with a minute and 41 seconds left. 
Yeah. Well, and and in the first half, I mean, you couldn't have played much worse than Kansas did in that final 10 minutes or 10, 10 and a half minutes. And Carolina capitalized to their credit, but it was just, it was a poor shooting night. And in the second half, Kansas finally made enough shots and basically that was it. But Carolina never quit because I mean, honestly, when Kansas went up by six, the way that the heels were shooting at that point, yeah, I was worried that Carolina might end up losing by 12. Yeah, um, it, it felt like that Kansas was going to go on another run and, and put it up, you know, 66 mm-hmm. to 52 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in a lot of that, we haven't talked about him, but uh, a lot of that credit for keeping Carolina in there is Puff Johnson. Puff Johnson. Um, yep. You know, you, we've talked about how Dontre Styles had his moment uh, in the Baylor game, hitting at three mm-hmm. in overtime and just, you know, playing career high in minutes and, and just really doing some good things. Uh, but this is for Puff Johnson. I know people don't want to start talking about next year moving forward, but a tremendous confidence builder for him to play at the highest possible, the biggest possible stage in college basketball against one of the two or three best teams in college basketball and have maybe his best game of the season all around. Uh, That's gotta be a, a, a positive for him moving forward and something uh, he can build on, you know, in the off season moving towards next year, he was tremendous. He, he, he kept Carolina in there because Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the last time Carolina had somebody from the bench score double figures. It's been some time. Uh, and because of the way everyone else is shooting, they really needed that to stay in the game, and, and he provided it. He did. And, and you know, again, we're not going to get into the the next season talk. It, we're not going to get into the way too early top 25. But, you know, I think um, R.J. Davis and Puff Johnson, they, they showed a lot. And it'll be really interesting to see how Coach Davis utilizes those two guys as the cornerstones next year. And, you know, we, we do this podcast before we can actually hear the, the, the talk from the, the coaches and the players uh, with, with the, the post-game stuff. I really want to hear what Coach Davis does have to say. But at this point, Sherelle, we've probably wrapped this one up, I think, as about as well as we can, man. Final thoughts for you tonight, um, just summarizing this game and the season as a whole, my friend. Yeah, this game was uh, one where I think two talented teams, you know, fought each other hard. Um, but the, you know, Kansas just kind of took it. And, you know, North Carolina, like I said, their, their motto was kind of looking for a fight. And Kansas, you know, kind of ended the fight there with that run and then with the two plays from McCormick at the end. But, um, you know, for the people who don't like moral victories, I understand 100%. And I'm not trying to claim that this was a moral victory, but. I don't know how anyone could watch that game and not, uh, you know, not admire the way that the North Carolina players fought through everything they fought through, whether it was foul trouble or, or missing shots or sprained ankles or, you know, sickness, whatever it was, they, they fought through it and almost found a way to, to kind of um, win a national championship. They were that close. So my advice to the fan base would be, you know, let this hurt. I, I, it hurts because it, as we said before, you don't get many opportunities to, to win a national championship, but at the same time, don't let the loss overshadow um, what's happened over the last month and a half. And don't let the loss, um, you know, kind of uh, sour your, your perspective on this particular team, because um, they've done some tremendous things here this season that weren't expected. Um, And this could be uh, in the future, kind of the catapult, to taking North Carolina back to where it kind of always has been and should be, which is, you know, one of the premier programs in college basketball. 
Well said. All right, Sherelle, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. For everyone here at Inside Carolina, we want to thank everyone for listening. And again, we are sponsored by John T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com, your place to go for Tower Heel gear. Signing off, we'll talk with everyone again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.